0: Hello everyone, this is Attila Toad and welcome to The Cogniverse Show where I interview top marketing managers, CMOs, product owners and world-class digital experts to find out how they tackle the complex challenges of digital transformation, how they find the road of success and what are the tips and tricks they use to achieve outstanding results. In this episode, we are going to see how you can achieve success in digital product development starting from scratch. Our guest is Radu Lupu, the lead product manager of the Adidas mobile app with former experience at Rakuten and Emag. Radu is a true technology geek. His core strength lies in building digital experiences in corporate environments. He believes you always have to start from solving a user's needs. You can connect with Radu on LinkedIn. I will share his link in the show notes. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Radu Lupu. Hey Radu, welcome to the Cogniverse show.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: I think we should start with uh, your professional history. Uh, so from QA tester to lead product manager in just five years, it looks like you had quite a progressive career development. Um, could you tell us how you forged ahead?
1: Sure. So um, I've actually before starting in, in, in tech and doing QA, um, my university background was actually economics, um, and you know during university, once I sort of figured out that becoming an accountant isn't exactly you know what I'd like to uh, to to do. Um, no, you know, no offense to actual accountants. I'm sure there's some which love their job, but I just wouldn't. Um, I I started looking and trying to figure out what what I'd like to do, basically. Um, and um, I've always had a sort of an you know an inclination towards towards tech. Um, the majority of my you know childhood was basically spent. In video games, which obviously, you know, at that point of time looked like like the worst uh, way to spend your time, um, but that also sort of helped me develop some form of, of, of affinity towards tech. Um, the only thing I was effort more effortlessly good at maybe um, during school was uh, was um, uh, programming, was was IT. But for some reason, I, I you know at that point of time I didn't see it as a, as an actual career path which I could follow. Um, which then, you know, came to my rescue later on once you know I had the um, pre-midlife identity crisis, right, and, and trying to figure out what what I want to do. Um, so um, I, I managed to get this job in in QA. Basically, I worked for um, for Amag, uh, which is the biggest you know, e-commerce company in Eastern Europe right now. Um, as a sort of a, a training step towards building, you know, towards going towards building. Uh, products. Um, Products at the time weren't even a thing since, you know, the whole concept of product management, this wasn't uh, wasn't, um, as as widely publicized and uh, as popular as it is, you know, right now. Um, And um, yeah, that then led me to uh, uh, being um, in charge of all the tech projects for um, launching this, you know, e-commerce platform in, in a variety of countries. So I've been working on, on launching it in, in Hungary and Bulgaria, for instance, and briefly also for uh, for launching it in Poland. Um, and um, yeah, gradually started moving to uh, to to bigger companies afterwards. Moved out of Romania um, mm-hmm. and um, um, took basically jobs which had a bit more and more impact. Um, until this you know the current situation in uh, with with Adidas, where I've uh, basically been in charge of uh, uh, building the Adidas app, which is the flagship e-commerce app of of Adidas.
0: Cool. So you had quite right, uh, and I think I would like to dive a bit deeper into your mm-hmm. current digital work. So let's start from the beginning. When did Adidas decide to make the first steps in digital? Uh, how did this adidas app project start what was the motivation behind
1: so uh, first off when i when i joined um digital was already kind of starting off um i think the, the adidas has always sort of, 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 of had um, um you know trying to to go into these uh, in, into this direction but it wasn't mm-hmm. a concerted effort until maybe eight nine years ago um, when um, also direct to consumer, you know, as a business model, um, has become in all retailers a, a much much bigger deal and uh, um, a very valuable avenue for growth. Um, so the reasoning behind you know going into into digital um, was mainly led by that, by by achieving a direct sales channel to to your uh, to your customers um and it started off with um establishing uh, adidas's e-commerce site so this started off a long time ago and gradually got built up um along the way um um, you know arguably relatively late (laughs) compared to 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 the uh, the rest of the industry um the the benefits of um of a direct mobile app and a direct you know, linkage to your consumer became much more prevalent and evident to uh, to to Adidas. Um, and um, the main selling point, basically, of having a, a native app is um, that you're much closer uh, to to your customers. You have a direct sort of uh, of um, of bridge. Um, you know, since you're in their pockets, um, push notifications are, are are a big thing. Uh, the majority of traffic, anyways. Uh, moving towards towards mobile and uh, uh, vast majority of mobile users prefer using apps rather than uh, than, than websites um, so the um overarching idea here was to to drive both uh, more mobile growth but also ensure that you know we we switch from from the old way of viewing um e-commerce in which you you think of every every user at a session which you need to convert as fast as you can to a longer term relationship in which um, you start looking at, you know, concepts like customer lifetime value and how to uh, um, ensure that you you keep that connection with your customer, you know. There's obviously a lot of benefits then, you know, in terms of marketing spend, uh, which then would go much lower than having to reacquire the same customer 300 times. Uh, and, uh, um, um, you know, overall achieving a, a, a better cash flow with uh, with that recurring revenue. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, very interesting insights. And I think as Adidas is a major brand, there's a topic that uh, I would like to pick your brain on because mm-hmm. uh, I think, and what you said, uh, it really proves that, Adidas walks the talk when it comes to digital transformation. But from the outside, people might say, well, it's it's easy, you're Adidas. Mm. Um, <laughs> however, based on my experience, I know that even established brands face quite challenges when it comes to digital. And mm-hmm. I would really like if you could share some setbacks and... Uh, Basically, also the dark side of, of digital, because uh, usually nobody talks about that.
1: <laughs> right. So, um, in any large corporation, as you duly noted, basically is um, you, you you have um, a huge amount of stakeholders, a huge amount of, of uh, departments, a huge amount of uh, uh, you know differing opinions and the different interpretations. Um, all of that is generally mitigated by having a strategy as a guardrail, but um, that can be easily interpreted in different ways. So, um, let's say the, the the biggest challenge when when trying to establish a digital channel inside of such an organization is then ensuring you get you get both buy-in on on what you need to you know what you think as a product manager, uh, your users want and you, your organization is good at doing versus what the rest of the organization would want to, to, to do and you know what, what type of different uh, avenues or ideas they, they might have. Um, so um, it, it becomes a, a, a really delicate balancing act in a way um, in which you need to have a very clear idea of what you want to do and why you want to do it um, and then have proof order to um you know get this sort of 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 of, of balance in in place um it's then much easier to you know say no to certain things adapt other requests uh and try to make i don't want to say everyone as happy as possible because that's obviously a a, you know a, a false premise which you'll never achieve but um you know, trying to um, to to keep that buying at a certain level, um, and uh, yeah, with uh, we we've had challenges basically with especially with the Adidas app when it comes to um, what the Adidas app translates as a, um, from a product vision perspective to the overall uh, strategy of the company, um, which obviously you know got. and torn apart in various ways by various various stakeholders. But um, um, as long as we we didn't came up with uh, a concrete idea of what we wanted to be, that were clearly an e-commerce focused app and um, um, our user base clearly expects a certain set of uh, functionalities. Um, This is what they want and this is how they interact with it. Um, then uh, you know that that is much easier. Um, if we did not have that, probably the Adidas app would look much much different today. Um, the amount of requests, you know, I've gotten to build uh, to rebuild Instagram, Snapchat, uh, <laughs> Spark AR, and uh, you know, you name it. Uh, in, in in the app is uh, a testament, you know, to that danger. So um, yeah, I think I think that's that's the main one but on the other hand there is a big benefit um and which obviously then helped our, our growth and that's obviously it's not necessarily only resources in terms of you know money because that's actually not that true we we are a pretty lean team and lean product um the benefit is the brand basically right um which obviously helps drive you know um adoption quite uh, quite easily um obviously if i had the same product in, a, in in a completely different you know smaller company let's say um we wouldn't be looking at you know over 40 million users um at, after you know four years or so so um that's that's a huge uh, a huge plus of it
0: mm-hmm. it's, it's a great insight and i think you touched really well on uh these potential conflicts that can come up in discussions because uh, many people have ideas and to keep that focus in, in what in one direction, uh, I think uh, that's a very hard job and requires a lot of juggling, not in terms of mm-hmm. only technicalities but also in terms of communication, uh, aligning with the right stakeholders and and keeping that, Keeping that vision and keeping that focus, so yeah, I, I fully agree. And and also it helps uh, demystifying the common belief that uh, if you're a mature company, digital will be a smooth transition. Uh, definitely because not. definitely <laughs> not. It's not definitely uh, not. Yeah. Now I want to learn more about probably your most efficient achievement. So. You have been promoted to lead product manager position of the Adidas app in less than 12 months because you achieved the target KPI by 115%. So how did you do that? What tactics helped you to be that effective?
1: Yeah, so um, what I was speaking about before around around strategy as a guardrail, right? And, and achieving your, yeah. having a clear idea and a product vision. Um, once you have those as you know foundational pieces uh, in place, um, those can be a good avenue for um, fast iteration and fast action on on uh, you know execution as well. So you have your north star, you know where you want to go. You have the, the you know equation which leads you to um, to whatever success metric you have. Let's say you know it's revenue uh, purely. Then you you have a Clear indicator of what are the building blocks which drive towards that. Is it attaining more users? Is it increasing my conversion rate? Is it uh, increasing retention rate, and so on? Um, if you take those and those those building blocks are clear, um, you can then you know come up with specific um, um, features. Or it's not only features actually. It's it's it, this transcends just pure development it also means getting more buy-in from you know uh, growth uh, team which owns a you know a marketing budget then and getting that um it can mean convincing um you know um, different uh, country managers to then launch this app in, in, in their country as well um you know it's, it's it's all of those things as long as you know what you need to achieve um it's, it's easy to come up with uh you know, with actions which which get you there. Um, now, the second part of it is then being able to you know to action in 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 a fast uh, in a fast pace, um, and that's something I'm very proud of the team uh, because work. You know, it's it's probably very uh, a very standard thing to say, which you also maybe hear a lot, but. Um, uh, we we do see ourselves as acting as like a smaller startup um, in um, in the Adidas uh, space basically uh, how you achieve that is by having um, you know all of the the necessary tools and people in your own specific team so that which help you achieve these things of course it's never going to be hundred percent true you're also going to have dependencies on a lot of other other teams but trying to minimize that you um, you know, greatly increases decision-making time and execution times afterwards. Um, so um, how we achieve basically a faster pace of, of delivery basically is um, that we don't have, um, we, we don't view roles as um, uh, as locking you down to doing a very specific, you know, uh, thing in, in the team. Um, we sort of the role is something we view as being fluid in a way. Um, so, for instance, if we're we're lacking um, development power in a, you know for a specific new project or a bigger overhaul which we're doing, um, then instead of you know just hoping for the best and 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 doing. Um, uh, you know and, and pushing that one person to, to deliver faster uh, uh, we then start pitching in and, and writing code ourselves so um, for instance I go in and, uh, and also do development actively um, when whenever needed um, we have our um, then you know our developers then also figuring out different um, sort of, of, of new patterns or how to use um Standard, you know, Android uh, interactions from a UX point of view. So there's, you know, there's a lot of fluidity, uh, which also then is, you know, you can also view as dangerous. But that's um, since we were relatively tight knit, we we do um, um, ensure that you know we do follow a, 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 a common strategy and we do have a good uh, quality of our delivery there. So. Um, I think these are, you know, these these would be the the elements which which uh, helped us go, you know, very fast, and still so help us go relatively fast because we're, we're constantly going over, uh, what, what we what we either planned or was planned for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's that's something really to think through, and uh, I really like this idea of fluidity, which means that you don't only focus on your core competences but you try to be open-minded and connect the dots and that Mm -hmm. I think also requires the right team and the right people to have that mindset in place so that's that's truly amazing Um, and product owners who are listening to us now this is the mindset you need <laughs> um, Raul, <laughs> <laughs> Raul just showed it um, and yes uh, let's let's talk about the new app uh, which you have lately launched mm-hmm. and it's one of the biggest augmented reality digital catalogs in the industry first of mm-hmm. all congrats uh, I think it's a Thank huge you. a huge thing you have done and yeah um, this proves that Adidas takes things to the next level in digital. So it's not not just doing what the industry is rendered, but uh, going a bit forward. Um, could you share some ideas on how how this product development strategy uh, was created? And how did you uh, start from being an e-commerce, then to a mobile app, and now to an augmented reality mobile app?
1: Cool. So, well, actually, augmented reality started as a sort of a a pet project um, of mine, which I started maybe more than two years ago. Um, Basically, the 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 reason why we started this um, is is to solve two things. Um, Basically, every feature we're we're prioritizing and we're we're bringing forward is meant to solve a specific pain point. You know, otherwise, it's just uh, you know. work for the sake of working from my point of view. Um, and um, the, the, the two main issues we were trying to solve with this is um, first one, um, which is the easier one, is um, um, having a good preview or understanding of, 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 of how products look like. Um, one of the biggest problems in, in uh, you know, any fashion retailer um, is return rate. Return rates are, are generally huge. Um, and those are due to, um, you know, on the one hand, this issue of not, not exactly, the the physical product um, not really matching a hundred percent what you see in a uh, in in a picture, you know. Um, and that's since it's a very visual thing, um, this depends on a, a lot of different um, um, conditions. One. Um, the studio lighting, you know, of the pictures being taken. Um, yeah. Second, even your the you know the, the uh, color settings of your monitor, you know, um, <laughs> can have a huge effect on 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 the final color you see, right? Um, then um, when you get the actual product, you know, you see it in your home, maybe you have a fluorescent light bulb or whatever, and it's oh, it's not the shade of green I actually wanted. Like, why why is this the case? um second is the um, you know how things look with actual volume behind them right there's one thing you see in 2d and you see a a 2d representation of a you know of a full object um Mm -hmm. and it's a completely different thing when you can actually view it from all angles and understand you know its dimensions in actual real space um so um this first one, which is again, the easiest thing to solve, uh, we, we, we solve with augmented reality, um, which um, by the way is extremely easy to put in place. Like um, Apple and Google have made it so accessible right now that, um, you know, almost anyone can go in and uh, uh, develop something like this um, in, in, in a very short amount of time. Um, the second problem we wanted to solve then and this is arguably the biggest one is uh, sizing and fit um basically the problem here is you know it's sizing is is generally not the same across different retailers um Mm -hmm. a size 44 shoe in, you know one retailer is going to be probably different in another one. You have no guarantee of, of that situation. And even if that's not the problem or if that's not the case and, you know, you get lucky and, you, you know, the two brands <laughs> somehow magically matched. Um, the other issue is like, you know, um, based off of the dimensions of the shoe and, you know, the sizing of your foot as well um, and uh, the composition of that shoe as well. Like, are, you know, is it more elastic? Is it, you know, does it have more... Um, uh, non-flexible parts in it um, also determine, you know, how comfortable those things feel. So we're, we're now also, you know, working on on trying to um, take the information we have from the 3D model of the shoe, which gives us, you know, clear understanding of what it's made. We also know what it's made out of and, and, and we can take all of, all of those data points um, and then taking the input of your foot or your shoe size or, you know, m- maybe even going as far as making a 3D model of your, of your foot, which is now easily doable with, um, um, you know, with a variety of, of, of ways. So you can just take a video and uh, um, there's a platform which actually then uh, applying AI uh, determines the um, uh, 3D model and, and determines mm-hmm. the volume and the shape based off of just the video. Um, you can use the iPhone's, uh, you know, IR blaster, which is used for uh, facial uh, recognition, also to map a 3D object, um, LiDAR, you know, there's a bunch of things, it doesn't yeah. matter. But, um, you take those two, and then you try to match them together into figuring out, you know, will it fit? Is mm-hmm. it good? Do you need the bigger size? Do you need the smaller one? And so on and so forth. Uh, so this is the second thing we're, we're currently we're currently working on uh, actively. Um yeah, so um, uh, we we started off with 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 this uh, with these problem statements, and um, at the time, augmented reality had just been you know made much more easier to use. I think it came out of you know uh, one of the DubDubs Dubs or uh, one of the Google IOs as well um, as um, an easily pluggable you know uh, experience, uh, mm-hmm. and we started. Um, doing some some testing in in your um, inside of adidas and then with some of our users but the main challenge there was actually getting uh, 3d models you know uh-huh. which you might expect you already have but you don't um and um, um uh, that's that was basically the majority of the work afterwards trying to you know partner up with with different parts of the organization to then um have this as a, a you know Broadly available feature set to to for all of the the different you know types of, of of shoes we might have. Um, so it was um wouldn't call it an uphill battle there, but it, it was a lot of uh, of work on the side to then get enough um, you know buy-in to then figure out a way to scale this uh, this production in a cost-efficient way. You know. Um, with the first 3D models, they were very expensive because they were being built from scratch, and uh, um, you know you needed a full-time you know 3D artist to 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 figure out how to do those, mm-hmm. um, and those are not generally cheap as you might expect. Um, then going into um, um, looking at alternatives, and now there's a lot of them on the market. Um, the, um, you know the saving grace we we, we got was uh, photogrammetry, basically. We started installing mm-hmm. um, a photogrammetry rig in our uh, warehouse and then you know started uh, simply capturing um, and scanning shoes uh, from 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 the warehouse as a you know um, a, a standard sort of working um, process in there. Um, and the goal here is to, you know, have maybe 100% coverage of, uh, of, of products with, uh, with 3D. So um, going from um, seeing a product in just images and video, and then just, you know, enhancing that with, with 3D uh, as, um, you know, arguably maybe even the main asset by which you, you, uh, you see a product. Um, this has a lot of applicability and a lot of, of, of places where you could, could add it in.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, it was quite a challenge and thanks for sharing this because many people still believe that digital has to only do things with technology. But as you said, it's a background process and you have to align with different parts of the organization. And then you had the change in the organization to have these scans created in the warehouse which is which is amazing so uh i think for all of us listening especially product owners uh this is the mindset you need so don't only think in terms of uh okay what we can do with digital but actually in in the process what you can do in the background that that helps that product grow so uh, that's a really good in- insight thanks for sharing that and uh, yeah,
1: arguably, uh, sorry, arguably, yeah, the, sure. you know, the tech side of things is probably the easiest, uh, <laughs> easiest side, you know, well, depending on your background as well. If you're non tech, then obviously it's going to be much harder. But, um, yeah, tech is, uh, is probably the simplest part of the whole uh, equation in a big uh, organization.
0: <laughs> for, for those people who are listening from non tech, uh, don't be so afraid. Raul is a, a tech genius, so that's why it's so easy for yes, him. Yes. <laughs> but... uh, yeah. Um, going a bit into the current, <laughs> let's say, economic and social situation. How did mm-hmm. COVID-19 impact your, your work style, your teamwork styles, your meetings, collaboration? Um, mm-hmm. What was the change?
1: Yeah, so um, it, obviously Adidas is, is a huge brand, right? Um, and what you normally would be buying Adidas shoes... And the apparel and anything else is in retail stores right, right. Um, that's uh, a very big part of, 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 of the business obviously um, now with you know the pandemic obviously those things you know started uh, starting being shut down going away in terms of uh, you know uh, of, of, of overall pandemic lockdowns which then obviously mm-hmm. then affected uh, the, the the business by a lot but you um, Luckily, um, as I said at the beginning, uh, Badidas had started investing in digital way before this ever happened, right? Um, And um, we already had a very strong channel, uh, own channel, which we we, we could um, then have as a a bridge for this, this, this time period without any doubt you know retail remains a very important part of of the business and will most likely stay for the long term um you you can't beat you know shopping in a in a retail store when you're trying for especially for apparel and clothing um you know to to see how everything looks like and it's also a social and personal thing as well right but um, um what we've seen like also, every other retailer which had an e-commerce presence as well, we've seen a huge shift towards uh, towards digital, which was as expected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that um, then definitely, you know, helped the the that investment and paid off for the business quite quite well during this this time period. I, I don't want to imagine what would have happened if um, you know we did not have a known channel, we did not have any um, any other digital partners as well, because we're also you know. Uh, Working with uh, you know the likes of Zalando, Asos, uh, and so on, um, which um, yeah, then represented a, a big boost for 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 us. Um, in terms of, um, of how it impacted the actual work, though, in my team, not not as much to be honest, because um, we were already. Um, we're constantly running at full speed, essentially, because we kind of we enjoy the process of, uh, and and we enjoy seeing the results of our our work. So, um, there there, there was not um, you know uh, we, we didn't have a need to 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 get even even faster or any of those things, but um, there was a definite you know shift in priorities. Um, you know, you you had something like Olympics, you know, which was a a, a very big deal for us, and we were. Um, uh, preparing a lot of different experiences and um, uh, um, yeah, feature sets for for that specific event, which obviously never materialized at the end. Um, what uh, one of the the teams did do then is um, adapt some of the features we built for um, for for this experience into something which would then help in um, in this current situation. For instance, managing queues in stores. Um, um, a lot of, you know, of our customer base comes in to, uh, to, to pick up products with click and collect from our stores, or when we have larger um, launches for very, very popular shoes, you end up with, with also with relatively huge queues in front of it. Um, so in order to counteract that, we adapted one of the features we had for, uh, you know, had, had built for this other um, situation into um, a way to manage queues in, in stores and basically have time slots uh, being uh, uh, bookable uh, in order to, uh, you know, to minimize the amount of people there at any amount, at any given time, right? Mm-hmm. Um so there were some stories of adaptability there um, and uh, um, which end of the day, you know, are, are, are used even now. Um, and um, yeah, I'm also very proud of the team which which came up with this uh, in terms of, uh, you know, instead of um, looking at it as a, as a lost, um, uh, you know, as wasting effort into something which mm-hmm. would never materialize at least, you know, until this year, hopefully. Um, taking it and then, and, and, you know, thinking outside the box and adapting to, to change.
0: So that also requires quite an agile mindset, right? So to reuse what you have planned, but put it in a different way on the market.
1: Yeah, exactly. But the, the, the whole the whole job is that basically you it, even if you don't have a pandemic, you know, you, you release features, you iterate, you figure out um, what the impact of these features um, is. Um, um, you look at your data, you look at your direct customer feedback as well, and then um, you adapt to, to whatever you know the, the market dictates in a way. Um, or your organization dictates depending mm-hmm. on the direction you, you're going. Um, so um, without being able to adapt and to, uh, you know to, to be able to, to come up with 100 different uh, plans um, and, and, and directions, um, you're not
0: going to, you know, to 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 make it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just one uh, curiosity here. You mentioned that you roll out the feature and then you analyze it. What's an average time frame? Um, you you do this. So, mm-hmm. how much you wait till you decide? Okay, we need to revise this feature, or we need to uh, actually drop it and do something else. What's an average time frame to do that? Oh,
1: that, that, that highly depends on the feature. And normally we, we look at it from day one um, and we actively monitor, uh, you know, customer feedback and then trying to see if, you know, we missed the obvious thing. Um, you don't need 1,000 data points for for a common sense uh, topic, you know, if, if mm-hmm. you then see a clear anecdote saying that, you know, this thing doesn't work as I expected it to or why can't I... Uh, View something else, or you know, whatever uh, um, particular uh, uh, perspective you have in there, you you should take it and analyze it, and then figure out if you need to 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 apply that. And you don't need to wait a long time for it. Mm-hmm. If um, though it's you know um, something, so. You either have direct feedback for, for those points, or you you see it in in, in some data with a sharp drop or increase, uh, depending on on whatever you want to see, or whatever the objective was. Or in other situations, you have you know a gradual uh, evolution of, of, of the usage mm-hmm. of that feature, um, mm-hmm. and that then requires obviously you know a long-term monitoring of of um, um, of, of what that is, um, and then adapting to it. It's not also only adapting, you know, from a technical perspective, but uh, for instance, if you're delivering content in your feature, um, it's maybe about changing the process in which we deliver that content and changing the, the type of content we show because, you know, um, from a technical point of view, you know, you have an endless scrolling list. Great, yeah. that's not something you need to necessarily change, <laughs> but um, what am I showing in that list? How are people interacting with it? Do they expect to see it? Do they, you know? use it at all? Does it provide any value? Um, and that's something you would then, you know, see longer term by, by monitoring. So I don't think there's a, you know, three months is the standard should be using for every feature. I think it, it, uh, it highly depends. And I think you should be looking at your product, you know, constantly and uh, um, yeah, adapting whenever a, a red flag appears or whenever um, a, a very good idea pops up in in, in feedback which you uh,
0: simply didn't think of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as we as we discuss this, uh, I think we should touch on a topic um, which which I saw and I I still see in many brands uh, doing this. So, be it they have a very well defined strategy uh and then they want to really stick to that strategy and they fail because they don't adapt as you said Mm -hmm. or uh quite the other opposite so some people confuse agility with ad hoc decision making so thinking strategy is not important. The North Star, as you said, is not so important. And then, mm-hmm. okay, this is the feedback we do. It comes another feedback and we do that. So what's a good balance yeah. uh, to tackle that? Because it's <laughs> clearly you you mastered it, that skill pretty well.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I, I, I've come from... Um, I've had experiences with both extremes, and like every, anything in life, you then figure out that the balance is the, the way to go. But um, essentially, I, I think strategy and and having a clear vision all on, on on a company level is is key to driving all of the other initiatives that you have, be it you know products or new product lines, whatever they may be. That needs to be clearly communicated and understood. Um, otherwise you have a bunch of different stray cats, you know, running around trying to, um, to, to, to get their pound of flesh uh, through different means, which, um, you know, end up the, you know, the, 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 the sum of, of the parts becomes less than, the, you know, than, than the individual. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's important to, to have that, you know, rallying uh, cry or, or, you know, that foundation on which to, to build up um your your organization um then when it comes to the, the tricky part is in translating that broader strategy into uh, you know what each team is in charge of doing and how they go about uh helping you know towards um making that strategy successful and uh, um, uh, you know following it uh, following it through um and that's that highly depends on um on getting each of the um, elements of the organization to understand what, you know, have a a general understanding of what each is doing and trying to um, come up with ideas which which help you work together. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, especially not duplicating work, there's a lot of that going on in any company where you have a different team trying to do you know, product A, which is very, very similar to product B um, in, in in another team, um, which you can look at it and think, oh, like that's, you know, um, wasted work or effort. Or you can look at it as sort of internal Darwinism, <laughs> <laughs> uh, organizational Darwinism as well and seeing which one, you know, fights to survive um but um that's that's a very hard thing to to master um i think in 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 getting all of these departments aligned and that's something which i i honestly don't have a you know a a solution for uh it's something i've been thinking about as well but um, i haven't seen anyone come up with a um a foolproof solution to that to that working you know Mm -hmm. you can hammer in the strategy as much as you want but at the same time, all of us, you know, are individuals and everyone interprets things in, in their own way. Um, um, it's, it's a matter of then course correction, basically. And that, mm-hmm. that becomes, I think, a full-time job. On the other hand, on the things which you can impact is, you know, uh, driving that sort of mindset in your own organization or team and trying to, um, you know, think of ways in which, in which you can achieve these synergies with, with other departments. Uh, and this AR example is, is, is a very good one in which um, we couldn't have set up everything ourselves we needed uh-huh. buy-in from different uh, different stakeholders from different uh, uh, parts of the company which you needed to then convince that this is you know the way to go and it's worth doing um, which obviously was not you know an, an, an easy thing the same with the Adidas app as well not everyone was convinced and not mm-hmm. everyone wanted exact this exact uh, you know way of of uh, of, of presenting it to to, to the wider audience, mm-hmm. um, so let's say once you have that strategy set up and once you have this this clear idea, um, it's about defining you know what what's the success metric for each like why, why 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 am I doing things what what am I trying to achieve and how do I measure it you know just broadly defining product success or company success is not really enough because that again gets interpreted very broadly by anyone who's, who's listening, right? Um, you need to have a clear idea of where you want to go. You also need to be very careful about um, what you set as as those KPIs and how you measure them, because you, I think the most dangerous thing you can do in a data-driven organization, let's say, is looking at the wrong data, uh, mm-hmm. looking at the wrong indicators, focusing maybe on vanity metrics, like focusing on my number of installs, but not focusing on, uh, my retention rate. You know, um, uh, it's, it's it's important to find a good a good balance there and and fully understand what are the trade offs of looking at one uh, KPI versus another, um, and you know how to construct that equation of success with with all of those things in mind and and being able to monitor them. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's all translating, you know, those uh, those objectives into into actual actions, um, which yeah um, help help achieve that. But it's it, it's easy to say, uh, much much harder to do, and it's uh, it's a very generic description, you know, of the process. But it highly depends on um, a lot of factors. It depends on your organization, on your culture, on your team on your product on your user base especially um, you know it's um it's 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 hard to come up with but once you do um uh, it's uh, much smoother sailing than than without it. i can uh-huh. i can tell you from experience that definitely is <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's much easier
0: great insights thanks for sharing just to sum it up for our listeners so uh agility doesn't mean you don't have a strategy so first you need a strategy and the north star uh but the strategy doesn't mean that you have to be rigid uh so you have to be agile to get feedback but agility doesn't mean you have to do things on an ad hoc basis so you have to have clearly defined kpis that you can uh also measure and understand and have the right kpis so just to sum it up, I think I think that's the core. Uh, and I really love how, how you build this up. Um, and as we are talking about uh, product development, uh, mm-hmm. I, I get a lot of questions, okay, what are the roles and responsibilities? And there are three roles that people tend to confuse. So, so let's clarify these. So there's the project manager, the product owner, and the product manager. Uh, Raul, could you share what are the differences between these roles?
1: So, um, yeah, basically, I actually started off doing project management, initially, Uh, there there are similarities between a project manager, but very few, honestly, uh, between that and and, and the product manager, product owner and manager. to my understanding, are exactly the same thing. It's just different, uh, you know, companies naming them in different ways. Um, And also the product manager role, highly Uh, It's it's highly different in in each individual company. Um, The nature of the role itself is very very fuzzy in a way. The broad description of it is um, if your product was a company, you're the CEO of the product. Now, what does that exactly mean? Um, Up to to personal interpretation again. Um, What what I can definitely say that um, product manager is specifically is... um, is a wearer of, you know, many hats you need to, you're sort of a jack of all trades on on the one Mm -hmm. hand, um, understanding all of the different uh, aspects of your product, going from, you know, marketing to tech, to um, UX, to UI, to um, pure business, um, to user research and so on. Understanding all of those facets in order to, you know, be able to to make decisions and to, um, yeah, help, grow or, or make your product successful um, on uh, on the other hand um, the importance of each of these you know sets of of uh, all of these disciplines let's say um is different depending on the, the 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 stage in your product life cycle for instance in the growth phase it's much more important to be you know well, growth savvy marketing savvy and then and then figure out ways to um to to push your user base into you know that critical uh, uh, number which which then you know snowballs into 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 future growth um mm-hmm. when you're in you know more of a maturity phase it's much more important to have a balance of all of these and figure out um how to uh, first of all you know keep your product interesting and that in- implies a lot of user research and and looking at your data and analytics um and um you know, then defining the technical solutions uh, and so on. Um, so that, that would be um, um, one aspect of, of product management. Um, the other one, which is um, extremely important is that you're basically um, a nexus of inputs, which you then need to um, uh, balance out and come up with the best possible solution for all parties. And by that, I mean, um, you, you have many important stakeholders the most important stakeholder you have are your users basically that's the, that, that's the main input source you should have for your for your decisions um, but they present one side of the, of the story you know um, that story then needs to be matched with uh, what your organization you know, strategy is and um, what your you know the, the company's core competencies are and then where it can be successful. Um, so you need to take that input, the other input and match it together into something which uh, into an idea which which achieves both goals and, uh, you know, creates the best possible uh, intersection of, of those two needs. And then the, the other part is the technical aspect of it. How do I take those inputs and then create something which is actually possible feasible and, and also makes sense and is, you know, extensible. Um, so um, I think that's that's the the the, um, the the other aspect of product management which is also a fuzzy definition but uh essentially um, um you know drives the overall vision with all of these all of these inputs if you ignore any one of them you're then bound to fail um in, in uh, with your product because if you ignore your users you're not going to build what they want if you only take what your company wants and you're going to build you know um, a franken sign of different Things which uh, which will not necessarily mesh with your market.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's uh, th- those would be the, the the two aspects of it. Um, then additionally, um, also depending on the on the company. But uh, the standard situation with product management is that your. Uh, you, you're leading your product team without directly leading your product team. You know? So you're not uh, in direct reports um, or uh, you're not directly managing uh, people, the people which you work with. So um, um, you're essentially it's, it's very important to, to lead through um, with, with the product vision as you know, the, the main incentive um, um, to, to get your team bought into the idea. Uh, to get your team excited about what you're building and especially to um, you know depending on the people you're working on but what generally works very well is showing the impact of what what everyone does everyone Mm -hmm. seeks, you know meaningful work Um, and um, you know giving that meaning through through showing results and driving the communication of results is another way of of basically keeping your team motivated um, mm-hmm. and that's another part of, of, of product mm-hmm. management which you also have to do at the same time <laughs> um, and probably like there, there's probably a bunch more but the the last thing i um is, is super important and i've i've grown to realize the importance of it's um, uh, much more through throughout my career is um uh, is being um you know the I, I hate the word but being the evangelist basically of, of your of, of your mm-hmm. product um, and driving um, that same sort of buy-in which you do for your own team for the rest of the organization and trying to mm-hmm. to get everyone under the same um, you know uh, uh, rallying banner to um, uh, work towards the same goal then um, it's very important to create this understanding of what your product is why it's there and what what uh, functions it fulfills inside of the organization, in order to then best use you know uh, the the organization's resources in order to make that successful. Um, it's it's key towards getting you know the majority of the growth which we've had uh, without without full buy-in. Even though we could have developed our own app, you know, um, in, in in a complete vacuum, um, we would have had a very tough time, uh, you know, getting all of the different great types of content we have in, in launching in, in all of the markets we, we, we've launched. Um, and most especially in getting all of the feedback and inputs from uh, the parts of the organization which know their specific user base best. You know, um, If you have uh, your stakeholders over in Japan, which have a, um, a intimate knowledge of their own market and what their own um, customers want and need, and then um that's something which uh which you, you know which should then transfer to you and you can only achieve that by one them understanding what type of feedback is actually valuable if someone you know really wants to integrate uh, you know to, to to create um tinder in the in a, an e-commerce then maybe they'll understand that this is not what the role we fulfill and that's not valuable feedback so um understanding what uh, what what type of feedback is good um and uh, lastly knowing how to use these tools so we, we've built a, a, a global app which is in the hands of uh, um uh, you know i i don't even know the number but I, I i'm i'm even scared to know the the amount of of of, uh, of employees inside the valley which can have a direct impact on on how the app is perceived used and um uh, and and how successful it is, and it's important for all of those, you know, members to know um, how to use it properly, what its uh, strengths are, what you know its weaknesses are, and to uh, plan with uh, with those accordingly.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a very complex walk through, uh, <laughs> and I think you already uh, described that basically. The product owner is the key responsible for growth so basically yes yeah <laughs> if, are...
1: um, e- even if you don't control it um even if you don't have a direct uh control over over the growth of like i don't have um my marketing budget under my you know under uh, under my, my red button which i can push whenever i need more more traffic it's um it's uh, our responsibility then to Ensure that we get that from the the, the organization. Um, mm-hmm. You're ultimately responsible for the success or failure of your of your product. If it's misunderstood, your fault. You needed to do a better job in in in, in, in doing that. If it's not you know bought into and you don't have the support you need, also your fault because you didn't <laughs> adapt to you know what what was uh, what was needed uh, from a organizational perspective or
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh. so on. Uh... You said two interesting things here: uh, success and failure. How do you define these? So, what what you consider a success and what what you consider a setback?
1: Um, so, I think the, the the nature of the job itself is is again, besides all of this, the 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 things I talked about before, it's about iteration and and adaptability. Um, I think. It's almost impossible to fail if you keep this sort of fluid mindset in which you um, try things and um, uh, and then adapt based off of the feedback uh, you you get. You can can build anything and make it successful if you if you listen to what's happening and, and don't just throw something out there and then hope for the best. So you always need to monitor and to um to, to to change your course depending on uh on the feedback you get. Um only failure I would see is, would be a failure to to adapt and to change. Um and that's how I see you know most of the most failures happening. Um ignoring the the size of you know the stakeholders I was mentioning before and ignoring those important elements which which drive the, the success of your product. Um, placing responsibility on those outside forces for your, your you know, your lack of, uh, of progress um, is probably the only way which I can honestly see you fail. Um, success though means, you know, the exact opposite of that. So as long as you're you you you're, uh, constantly moving um, and constantly adapting, um, there, with enough iteration, there will, you know, it, it's impossible for you to not get uh, you know that success metric which you've looked at, um, and even the success metric, interestingly, you know, um, um, can also be a form of iteration. Maybe you're looking at the wrong thing. Maybe you're, yeah. you're measuring the wrong uh, the, the wrong indicator, and you're you're you know pushing towards a, a doomed to fail you know direction, um, which then means maybe okay, our strengths overall lie in another area. We can definitely be better at customer lifetime value rather than maximizing uh, session-based conversion rate, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so even the level of iteration would be, you know, a, a way of adapting.
0: Mm. Uh, it's very interesting, and I want to highlight it for the audience that actually what you said that failure is not about, let's say failing with a feature, like you had an idea, it didn't work, yep. failure would be if you would stop working on that, on that idea to improve it or to change it or to adapt it. So yeah, exactly. it's, a, it's a great mindset. Um, coming a bit back to, to your current work, um, mm-hmm. how do you see the augmented reality market tends uh, to go in the next three years. Mm-hmm. So what are the trends? Um, and if you can share, what is the percentage of the Adidas app audience of of people who you can say they are, let's say, uh, AR friendly?
1: Mm-hmm. So, um AR is still is, is still in its in its infancy. Um, this is still in, in, in the beginning of, of its life cycle. It's, it's becoming much more and more easier to, to use and much more prevalent. But um, um, definitely adoption of it will become um, greater with, with time and with um you know, better advances in, in technology. Like I think the the main um uh, blocker to to using it uh, in you know your everyday life is um the fact that it looks strange you know you're you're looking through through your phone in at the world and it's perceived as as you know um as as a very strange thing to do and uh, <laughs> uh, people then avoid being judged from that perspective um we've had a lot of different you know trials with um uh, where we could observe people, you know, trying AR out, uh-huh. and whenever there's, you know, people around, it's, it's a bit, it, you know, it's a bit weird for them, to think. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, 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 not as 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 normal as you might see it. But at the same time, you know, that could have been said for any piece of technology uh, which is now super successful. When it started out, it was strange. It was perceived as being weird and um if it was truly solving a problem or it was truly well designed then um, it would then gradually get more adoption like even thinking is, about now is Air the AirPods, new normal right? yeah yeah <laughs> now is the new normal right but also like thinking about airpods when airpods first were launched um you know with the, well, just thinking about the the most recent and very simple example everyone is making fun of, of of them as looking as like a uh, toothbrush uh, you know heads or or or, or whatever um now everyone's wearing them and they've become like a fashion statement as well people don't take them off at any point of time it's it's a bit crazy right um so um i think the um way in which we will get to widespread adoption of ar is is having you know a company figuring out the perfect balance of of the perfectly designed product which um becomes something like an, an object of desire for, for, for others, you know like Apple is obviously you know working on, uh, on, on on an AR device which will hopefully soon figure out. Uh, there's a bunch of, of things which obviously will will then determine the adoption of that device as well. Um, and I think from a technological side, we're not yet there in terms of all of the the small pieces required to make something. You know, as as uh, sexy as a uh, normal pair of glasses, which you know have a, a built-in uh, sort of a, either a projector or a, or a display, and those are you know um, coming down to batteries, uh, which are you know have not really evolved in, in consumer electronics enough in the in in in, um, in a very long time, and now they're finally you know moving forwards again. Um, Processing power, bandwidth—all of those things need to come together um, in order to, to to get that you know uh, start product off, in, in order to to make this uh, make make it standardized. But now, looking at the overall usage of AR, um, I see it um, I see it being used a lot more than than it used to. Um, the impacts on different types of of um, uh, industries is, you know, I I don't even know all of the the I can't even think about all of the use cases because it's just so broadly uh, applicable. Um, like just recently, I was you know searching for a new apartment, um, and um, uh, you know one of the viewing modes was was viewing the 3D scan of that apartment and uh, and then also sh- seeing it in AR and and being able to. Um, you know, go through that apartment, mm-hmm. through your apartment, in a way, um, which is you know a super simple application of it as well, because just placing an object in three D is very easy to do. Um, but thinking of that use case and applying it is, you know, is 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 then golden. Um, in fashion now, we have um, uh, AR try on as a uh, you know growing as increasingly growing as a standard let's say of, of, mm-hmm. of, of seeing uh, of seeing items um, the adoption is, is, is getting also bigger and bigger um, It highly depends how you present the information especially when you're looking at um, at the new feature which is not widely understood not everyone knows what AR is. You sometimes need to, uh, and we've done a couple of tests with this as well. You, you you need to clearly show what they're going to get out of it, in order for it to be a compelling use case. Um, just saying try the shoe on will be like, you know, people won't really get it, and will m- maybe even ignore it. Um, so um, at this at this stage, it's very important to to explain. Um, um uh, what the benefit of it is and and uh and give sort of a preview of what ar would do for you um in in the near future like we're um you know you also have things like um full body tracking so using ar together with um with artificial intelligence with machine learning um is uh unlocking a lot of different avenues, uh, a lot of different uh, potential features. Uh, one thing we're, we're looking at is uh, overlaying a three D version of yourself on top of you, and then allowing you to change a apparel, for example. Um, um, so you can basically switch your your your, your clothing with a uh, with a, within a virtual you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also is becoming easier and easier to do with with built in tools by by, uh, you know, Apple and Google.
0: Interesting. Um, what, what else besides AR is in, in your watch list, let's say for 2021 and beyond? Um, so be,
1: besides AR, I think um, when we're looking more towards uh, machine learning and personalization, um, and and uh, that also is becoming much easier to use than than before, especially establishing um, you know simpler models of uh, uh, understanding what type of, of of product is successful in what situation, to to what user based off of what information. So um, we're starting to use all of the info we're we're, we're gathering basically to um, instead of necessarily relying on third parties to to you know figure out what our users sort of want with with their own models um, we were starting to look at, at that on, on our own um, but that's very early days and um, the actual you know effort required to to move into this direction is is, uh, is relatively big um, to, um, to to do it in a consistent and uh, uh, successful way for for the future so um, you need normally you would need a fully you know dedicated team to 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 build such a, uh, you know such models and to constantly tweak them. They're, they're their own product in and of, of themselves. Mm-hmm. So your, your own machine learning model is something you you would be constantly tweaking and um, and adding more data points to uh, figuring out how its accuracy grows. And um, um, even though you you can achieve some form of self completely you know self learning model with you know deep learning or whatever that were pretty far away from 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 being able to do that uh, consistently in uh, you know non highly technical uh, companies um, but uh, these these would be the two, the the two key points which which we're looking at in terms of, of completely new technologies basically
0: yeah mm-hmm. thanks for sharing and uh, because a significant share of our listeners are key decision makers. I would like to get your thoughts on how would you advise key stakeholders to think of digital products uh, in general?
1: Yeah, so I, I, I would I would um, I make them think of them as basically tools which they can use to be successful in, in with their own strategy. So thinking of um, um, you know the Adidas app as as of um, uh, an avenue for growth and of uh, um, a tool which you can use to to achieve whatever objective you you have set up. Um, it's 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 something which you should you know it's it's a but also it's a living and breathing tool at the same time which you need to kind of be be careful with 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 using and understanding its 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 uh, um, its its limitations. So. Uh, understanding that you know you wouldn't be using a hammer for you know building a for for painting a painting for instance Mm the same would 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 apply to uh, to a product um i think that's that's the also the way we're communicating it internally and that's what we've seen you know as as being success otherwise um if a product is viewed as its own thing in its own silo with its own rule set, which um uh, and, and access to it is cut off, then um, you're, you're losing that momentum which you can build with, within your, your organization. You know, so um, and you're always going to have people who want to have something to do with your product, who, who will want to be able to use it in one form or way, um, mm-hmm. and it's better to to get those people bought into the proper way of doing it um, rather than leaving room for interpretation and then um, you know having uphill battles in, in terms of, of of what the of stabilizing the strategy of your product
0: mm-hmm. so basically what you say is that uh, when somebody decides to uh, start a digital product development then it should take it not as a separate idea besides the core business but something that, Works inside the organi- organization, and mm-hmm. it's uh, kind of like using the synergies of the organization, at least in the first phase, until uh, it's mature enough to to grow uh, by itself. Uh, is that is that what you want to point out here?
1: Even 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 after you you reach maturity, you always will like again. This I'm talking from my experience, which probably, you know, obviously does not apply to every situation, but um, you always need your organization to be there and to support um, because um, um, even though you're building this tech product, it, it needs to it needs to be used and it needs to, to be, you know, kept up to date with whatever type of information you might be forwarding, you might be showing to, to customers. So for that, you always need, uh, need these synergies in place arguably even more down the line than in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, it's 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 definitely about um, connecting the product to the overall organization and
0: ensuring um, its, its proper use. Mm-hmm. I, I loved how you said it before, not to live in a vacuum and not to build in the vacuum. <laughs> uh, I think that's yeah. a great way to think about product development good um as we're getting closer to end of this episode um mm-hmm. i want to tackle a more uh, let's say it visionary question um <laughs> so if you'd be able to travel ahead 10 years in the future what would you see what would you be doing how would the future look like
1: that's that that's a tough question but at the same time i'm um, um i have i have a few visions of the future which i'm excited about but uh the one which i've been you know um we've been also talking about here is um you know the the impact of of augmented reality as well as uh, virtual reality on on the world um i expect you know augmented reality to start catching up maybe and and being much more used in the next you know let's say 5 years um not on your in an e-commerce perspective, but you know from um, from the way in which you interact with physical objects around you. So, um, I'm you know my my vision, the one I'm excited about is is um, you know having a single device which um, basically adds an interface and adds um, uh, you know an extra layer of, of interactivity to your to your current version of reality imagine not needing um television not needing buttons on you know your uh, stove or whatever you know not not mm-hmm. not needing a way to um, a physical actual physical representation of something because which which can be replaced by an augmented reality version of it imagine having hand tracking already built into whatever augmented reality device you might have um, you'd be able to interact with anything in the world then um, with this augmented reality layer. Um, think of, um, you know, uh, besides this, you know, what we've been talking about from from e-commerce before. Think of the 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 case in which you'd no longer need to be able. You, you'd no longer need to go to to an office in order to um, to meet your coworkers. You know, you just plug into your home office and you're standing near, you know, uh, whomever you normally sit to next to to Mm -hmm. at your desk um, right there beside you, um, which, you know, by achieving that, um, you'd then also no longer need um, um, the same amount of office buildings. You wouldn't need the same amount of infrastructure to support... You know this mass movement of cars between point A and point B from nine to five, right? That um, this sort of, of of development could then impact the entire you know landscape in uh, of, of of your life. Um, so I definitely see me working at least you know either not necessarily as a full time job, but definitely uh, building more experiences in in AR, which. Um, which would go towards this uh, this goal and at least to be ready for when this actually does happen and it is uh uh you know uh, much more adopted in the in the market hmm.
0: that's a great vision uh, and very innovative thinking to like reshape society uh with the benefits of ar and maybe have more Trees and more green space in our crowded uh, cities, and uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's a very inspiring vision. I love that, um, and uh, I think this vision, on one hand, proves that uh, you have a great feel of what the future may look like. But I think this is not something that you just. Uh, born with, I think you have developed this skill, uh, and I want to know more about how do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of your game uh, especially in in your role, which is uh, as we mm-hmm. discussed changing and adapting so what are your personal strategies to to learn more and keep up the pace with this ever changing environment
1: um basically, I, I enjoy the the process of of building things. So um, I, um, what I spend most of my free time on is is basically playing with new technologies, learning them and using them. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, what I find most effective when you know wanting to learn something new is then um, setting an objective for for yourself either I want to build this type of app which does X, Y, Z. Um, or creating this sort of experience, um, you know, uh, or 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 um, estimating what the price of uh, Tesla shares will be in the next uh, six years based off of uh, of, uh, of um, um, stock market data, and uh, then trying to learn this, you know, the technology which you want to apply to then solve that that specific problem. So. Um, I enjoy doing that because I enjoy the result of, of, of these things then. So it's, it's kind of, a, I don't see it as, a you know, as a chore or as something I'm forced to do to keep up to date, but I, I enjoy doing it, uh, for the, you know, for the, for the end result. Um, that then translates to, you know, any other objective you might, you might set for yourself. Uh, I, I think, um, now for instance i'm building uh, i'm learning flutter which is a new sort of uh, of uh, framework to build uh, native apps um, and i'm building my own a uh, no app which just came out of out of uh, a discussion with my wife for example uh, because you know why not um, and now i'm actually quite obsessed with, with that so after uh, after after the workday ends I'll, uh, I'll i'll jump back into uh, to figure out that last piece, which which doesn't quite fit um,
0: yet. When when will it be up in the app store?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Honestly,
0: I, honestly, I, I've changed
1: the design a bit three times already. Like I started <laughs> off with, I, I I tried to go full typography based design, which sounds very sexy. But when you try to apply it and you have no real, you know, skill in in, in choosing font types, you quickly realize it's doomed. Then I, I started doing crazier gradient-based uh, interactive designs, which, you know, sounded also very cool, which I also then killed. And now I'm honestly back to a very standard App Store style design, um, which looks the best and I'm very happy with it. So hopefully I won't change it again. And after that, I'm I'm... You know, ninety percent done with it. Honestly, I'm just I just keep
0: wanting to tweak it. Uh huh. Sounds cool. Please share your link once it's live. I'm I'm really curious about it. Sure thing. Good. Um. Yeah, it's great. Great background strategy, and I love how you have even these KPIs for learning. I think that's very efficient way to to learn, not just to spend time on different topics, but to have actual goals. Uh, So everybody is listening to this. This is a a very straightforward way to to keep learning in a very changing environment. So um, as we we are reaching our last topic, uh, I always like to conclude with one simple question. If you had just one advice for people who want to create digital products, what would that be?
1: I think there's a bunch of different things I would I would I would say, <laughs> but the, if if, there, if there's a key one, um, it's always starting from solving a user need. You whenever you you, you devise a product, whenever you devise a new any, any any new project there, you should start from having a clear understanding of what you're trying to solve. Um, it's very easy to fall into the trap of uh, doing hype-driven development, for instance, um, using that new technology, putting blockchain in uh, you know in the name just so that you can attach that and then sound innovative. But you're never going to be successful unless there's a real use case which is validated. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the key uh, to 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 starting anything new. And then, um, you know, um, then it highly depends on your environment along the way how you um, how you grow that product and how you adapt to, to change and 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 to the change in the need of your skill sets, let's say as well, um, which which then will, you know make you successful.
0: Thank you. That's a great closing note. Thanks for sharing and really looking forward to see what you do next. Thank you. It was a, was a great talk. If you want to read more on similar topics, please subscribe at think.cognitivecreators.com to the Cogniverse blog where I share relevant insights on creating real business value through digital how artificial intelligence can assist digital growth, and how business transformations are carried out through revolutionary digital technology. These are all real life examples, learnings and insights that matter and can make a difference in your journey towards digital. With that said, I hope you enjoy this episode and keep being persistent on your digital activities.